0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Philadelphia-based jazz saxophonist, composer, arranger, and educator, Roy Turf. He talked about his debut album, the 2024 CD, 10,000 Hours. It is a soundscape deeply rooted in the music scene of Philadelphia that is the essence of the city's unique sound that permeates every note. On this project, he not only embraces the concept of deliberate practice, but also intertwines it with a personal journey as a first-generation American growing up in Philadelphia, adapting to the challenges and experiences that come with it. His journey as a versatile musician began during his time in Upper Darby Public Schools in addition to extracurricular programs, such as the Kimmel Center Creative Music Program, and then continuing his studies at the University of the Arts in Center City, Philadelphia, where he honed his craft and emerged as a sought-after sideman for numerous local Philadelphia artists. He's got a great story. Enjoy this interview.
1: Well, man, it's great to meet you. Before we get into 10,000 Hours, I want to cover what we lived through the last three and a half years. How
2: did you get through COVID, and how did it change you? I lived through COVID simply by understanding all the different areas that I can get involved in that doesn't involve performing so i really got my composing skills together i got my arranging skills together uh recording education you name it uh that was kind of like my outlet in terms of you know how i can at least sustain myself and then going out of it it was just simply just applying the skills and actually you know making all the things i want to essentially come to fruition actually come to fruition whether via you know partnerships with school districts or uh, other educational, you know, uh, benefits. I launched a jazz festival last year that cool. catered towards, towards uh, younger children uh, in upper Darby. So a little bit outside of Pennsylvania of uh, Philadelphia called it the upper Darby jazz jam festival in which we featured out of all, we had six artists booked and four of them were student ensembles, whether via be at the cleft club, settlement music school, upper Darby high school, a lot of other schools. So, I uh, did a lot of partnerships with uh, either school districts or nonprofits to uh, essentially bring the visibility of this music back to our younger generation. Uh, there's been a lot of talk recently about, you know, how, you know, there's kind of like a quote unquote musician shortage or, you know, there's all these different outlets that people under the age of 18, let alone people under the age of 21 can have access to. So whether me bringing uh, my band to schools and having students participate in performing with my group, Or uh, like I said about the Jazz Festival, having like four of the six uh, performers be student performers, just kind of creating any type of outlet to essentially just have them showcase their talents. So that's what I've been doing a lot between the last uh, three, four years. Talk to me about the new album.
1: How does it feel to have it come out now with kind of the world opening up? And just in general, how does the artistic feel of this uh, feel for you?
2: It feels absolutely phenomenal. Uh, It's been out for seven days now, and the support has been uh just absolutely overwhelming both on a local level as well as a global level uh some of the songs has reached as far as london brazil france uh you know places i i i never thought imagine um and it's great because you know the good majority of my career as you probably know I, i've just been a supporting musician for like a lot of different artists so i'll get calls to do patty labelle go out for a couple days with patty i'll get calls to sub with the roots a couple times seven for my man ian hendrickson smith who you see on the tonight show yeah um just a lot of just a lot of different performing and, and recording opportunities both on people's records or on television uh stuff like that so in a way if you you know if you really break it down i've been that type of musician to help support someone else's vision musically whether on a record performance or television so to have my vision now come to fruition and have that be you know kind of on the forefront of my artistry i think is uh you know i felt like the uh what i had to say has been solidified uh history has made uh you know i'm a first generation american first only musician in my family uh so you know this was a, a real accomplishment for them as well and uh something that they can look on uh look back on for years and kind of be like yo you know my son did that so
1: why ten thousand hours what was the what was the meaning
2: Well, ten thousand hours is a very famous uh, kind of social theory by Malcolm Gladwell. He talks about it in his book Outliers. Long story short, yeah. Long story short, if you you know if you take people like Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Barack Obama, uh, anybody who has significance, you know, if their if their name has such significance, his theory is that the reason why they're all so significant, the reason why they're all so great, is because. They've all put in 10,000 hours of deliberate practice into their uh, craft. So musically, what I wanted to do was I did 15 tracks kind of explaining the process of, you know, clocking in your 10,000 hours. So whether it is the spark of an idea and, you know, how it feels to have the the light bulb go off and be like, yo, I want to do this to executing your idea to all the preparation behind it. And even something like failing, which is, you know, one of the most important Uh, in my my opinion, the most important uh, tool, because that's where you learn, you know, what worked, that's where you learned what didn't work, and then you can go back to the drawing board and do it again. So, everything on this album kind of supports that. Uh, The titles of these uh, these, uh, tracks kind of explain that as well, whether it's, you know, a cry for help, you know, trying to, you know, get, receive help from something because you're struggling, or second nature, kind of have, you know, when you have something done Uh, For so long, that turns into like a second nature. And uh, I even covered Donny Hathaway's uh, Little Ghetto Boy, because if you look up the lyrics, um, lyrically speaking, there's a lot of similarities between Little Ghetto Boy and 10,000 Hours. So, Right on.
1: How did this journey begin for you? How did you get into the music and more specifically jazz?
2: Uh, I picked up a saxophone when I was in fourth grade. So that's about... 8 9 years old I had a really great uh, music program in elementary school I grew up so I was born in Philadelphia but I was raised outside the city in a town called Upper Darby uh Pennsylvania But the two cities were so close to each other that I'll go to school Monday to Friday and then I'll go to Philly on the weekends and do some of their extracurricular programs um that you know some of these different programs offered like the Kimmel Center U Jazz Ensemble I was a member of that for a couple of years that birthed a lot of amazing musicians like Justin Faulkner, who's now the drummer for Brand from Marsalis' group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nazir Ebo, who's now a drummer for Joshua Redman. Emmanuel Wilkins, who's like the face of Blue No Records. So I was surrounded by, you know, the cats at the Kimmel Center. And then in Upper Derby, I was also surrounded by just more cats because I went to school with this gentleman called Benjamin St. Fort, who's now known as Benny X, who won, you know, hip hop producer of the year. And he's like producing people. Producing songs for people like Drake, Future, a lot of people. I went to school with this bass player named Eric Wiley, who was like, he was on Jimmy Kimmel Live, I want to say, a couple weeks ago, playing for this artist called Friday. He's about to go to uh, Adu Dhabi or whatever to play with John Legend. My man, Josh Thomas, who's in L.A. now. So long, you can tell I was just surrounded by just so many just serious creatives, not just people who, you know, pick up the horn and kind of. You know get by with it they were they were in the shed they were serious they were already getting paid gigs uh you know at 12 13 14 15 i didn't i didn't know getting paid for music was a thing at the time you know so it was just it was just really inspiring so from being in upper derby programs and then being in other programs like the kimmel center being in those situations where i kind of wasn't really the best musician in the room but kind of like through the whole osmosis thing i kind of you know built my skills up a little bit and then by the time i got i turned 18 um, in addition to all the other gigs I was doing around Philadelphia, you know, playing all, all the local clubs and all that kind of stuff, that's when I kind of really established myself as a supporting musician. Uh, whether I get a call to be on someone's record or arrange for someone's record or perform as a sideman for, you know, a jazz quintet or something like that. So I just found myself in a lot of, uh, those, uh, situations where I just had to perform, um, whether live or in the studio at a very high level. And then uh, I met a musician by the name of Jeff Bradshaw. He saw me from afar, and then uh, he gave me a call to do the Roots Tiny Desk. And then we did the Roots Tiny Desk, and I got a relationship with Questlove and a lot of other, a lot of the other people in the Roots. Uh, Jeff Bradshaw was also the trombonist for Patti LaBelle, so he got me on a lot of those gigs as well. So through those gigs, kind of meeting a lot of other people that does a lot of other things, and just kind of staying afloat. And uh, to to answer to go back to answer your question about jazz specifically. I was in a uh, seventh grade and, uh, you know, they have these little middle school jazz competitions or whatever. Uh, so I remember we were at Wells Valley Middle School. This, I want to say this was back in 2008, March, springtime era. Uh, I actually won Outstanding Soloist at that festival. And the prize, besides my trophy, they actually gave me like a jazz record. It was the first jazz record I ever got. Because uh, mind you, you know, both my parents, not from America, you know, jazz wasn't really played in the house, let alone any black American music at all. You know, a lot of music at the time before that record uh, from that jazz festival was like a lot of music from Eritrea, a lot of music from Ethiopia, a lot of music from Saudi Arabia, Israeli music, all that kind of stuff, which is still dope. You know, I, I, you know, I, I schooled a lot of my friends from, you know, just kind of playing a lot of those records. But yeah, it was a tribute to John Coltrane record. Unfortunately, I, man, I wish I knew where that record was, but it was the first time I heard like My Favorite Things and Afro Blue and Blue Train and all those, you know, classic, Coltrane tunes. And at the time, YouTube was like kind of getting up there a little bit in terms of yeah. kind of being a accessible source of uh, medium and content. So I remember I would just YouTube all these artists, and so I started off with John Coltrane, then it went to Par- to Charlie Parker, Bird, then it went to Dexter Gordon, then it went to Arturo Sandoval, then I went to Clifford Brown, Freddie Hubbard, and then I just found myself in a uh, a consistent loop of just schooling myself on jazz artists and learning their repertoire and transcribing their solos and all that kind of stuff so and it's still you know the bug still hits me today you know i'm consistently learning consistently trying to learn repertoire learning other people's solos and all that kind of stuff it keeps you fresh and it just you know all all in all it just makes you better as the days go by
1: so what is what do you like the best about being a professional musician there's all these parts to it from recording to playing live to teaching all of these things
2: what do you look forward to the most the biggest thing so there's two parts to this question so the biggest thing that i see within myself is reaching as many people as i can you know music you know everybody says music music is a a language that we all understand right Stevie Wonder said it. Everybody says it. And I am a true believer in that statement. And, you know, the fact that I'm from Philly, still living in Philly, and my music is reaching many places and many people that I never thought imagined, you know, I'm just excited to do that more. You know, I just want to reach as many people as I can. And then the second part to that is I want to uh, inspire the next generation to have them understand that, you know, music is a, uh, a valuable living, um, uh, you know, it's, it's something that even though it's not easy, it's something that can be done. And, uh, even if they're not musicians, they learn a lot of life skills through music, like, you know, showing up on time for meetings or, you know, never, you know, never being unprofessional and make sure your professionalism is at a high level. So it's definitely those two things, reaching as many people as I can, in addition to bringing up the next generation below me, uh, to kind of have them, uh, take this task full on. So at the end of the day, why do you love jazz? I love jazz because it's an expression. Uh, I can express myself the best. Um, I know that statement's is kind of, you know, said amongst a lot of other musicians, both ahead and below me, but it's really true. Uh, I can play just one single note and the emotion and the vibrations that it reaches to other people can make them feel happy. It can make them sad. It can make them want to leave. <laughs> you know, so it's it's definitely a lot of expression, uh, involved in that, and uh, I feel like just you know, all in all, I'm I'm at my most creative. You know, I can take risks, uh, and you know, if something doesn't work out, and look, like, all right, just go back to the drawing board and just you know, keep on trying other different types of scenarios and probabilities, and just to make things happen. Also, is a good lesson in teamwork, uh, especially if you have your own group that you lead. Uh, kind of understanding everybody's role and just making sure the music can come as naturally as it can uh, just through working with each other. Uh, Yeah. You just learn a lot of amazing skills, entrepreneurship skills, you know, so there's so many uh, umbrellas that's uh, underneath the big umbrella of music and uh, being a musician and playing jazz. So,
1: so if you could get into a time machine and go back in time and see one dream jazz gig, where are you going?
2: One dream jazz gig. Uh, oof i don't know if i would say a jazz gig but i would definitely love to be in the studio with uh sonny rollins when he was recording a saxophone colossus wow yeah 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 i think uh you know the quartet that he had you know with tommy Flanagan and max roach i think that's just phenomenal also the same thing with clifford brown and the clifford brown with strings album i would love to just see how first and foremost how many pieces of the orchestra was In the studio together, and you know, in collaboration with the rhythm section and just everything, how everything was charted out, how everything was conducted. Uh, I would just love to go back and kind of witness those uh magical moments because you know, they're you know, the Clifford Brown with strings record that's going to be here with us forever, you know, yeah, the yeah. Uh, saxophone Classes record that that's going to be with me forever, you know. So, I would love to kind of get into those studios at the time and kind of see, you know. things were going and you know what would what went down so
1: so at the end of the day everyone has a perception of you family friends fans but you run the show what's your perception of you who do you think you are
2: i think i am well i know i am a very true authentic musician from philadelphia that is very very honest with where i'm from what i've been through And expressing that through the music to kind of have people understand my story, not just as a musician, but as a full well-rounded person. Right on. Man, this has
1: been great. Thank you so much for opening up about the album, Your Life and Music. I really appreciate your time.
2: Thank you, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time for talking yeah. and listening to me. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for listening
0: and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and cats in Philadelphia, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends.
1: Beyond jazz.